Today's a really special day. You may have seen kind of a carnival feel out in the lobby, but today's the one-year anniversary of Gateway South being in this space, which is awesome. All right. you believe it's been a year? It's crazy how time flies. Um, And even for Gateway as a whole, Gateway is actually celebrating 19 years of being a church here in Austin. So we have some awesome memories and things to show you. Let's check out the screens. This is what you'll see and hear at Gateway Community Church. Members meet at a movie theater. This debut service of Gateway Community Church seemed to be a big success. About 200 people came to check out and see what it was all about. Gateway's doors are open to anyone of any age with an open mind about what church is supposed to look and sound like. brought us closer to, uh, brought us really good friends, brought us closer together, and we just really, really enjoy it. We love Gateway. We think it's great. The people are wonderful. We love it. Because of Gateway, I believe that my life is filled with much more joy uh, and peace and also community, great community. Just uh, the fellowship I feel here and the love from all the people I know is uh, something I've never experienced anywhere else. Someone told me it's a church that says, come as you are. So I did. I found my faith. I knew God had placed me here for a reason. I think the people at Gateway were very patient. And they gave me the time that I needed to come to believe. I had walked away from the organized church scene probably about 30 years ago. I was actually an atheist when I first started coming. I kind of lost my faith for a while and wasn't didn't have a close relationship to God. I myself was agnostic when I came here. I've seen God uh, show up in ways that um, I never thought possible. This is where I learned to follow Jesus. I, I've found freedom in totally new ways here. Now I'm able to give messages for the recovery group and serve and lead there. God did amazing things through these people and he continues to do through all of us here at the church. All right, isn't that great? 19 years old. It's fun seeing all these images and, and knowing so many of those folks. I don't know if you, you caught this. At the end, there's a trailer. That was the original trailer we had when we were meeting all over kind of central Austin. Then we used it and, uh, for South, and then now Central's using it. So it's just the gift that keeps on giving. I think my favorite part, though, of the video is breaking news, a church trying to be relevant. <laughs> that was my uh, favorite part. But it is amazing, over uh, 19 years, and now in three locations here in the city, we've helped plant about 40 churches across the planet. Uh, We also have a campus that meets online and a campus in Branson. And just out of curiosity, how many of you have been a part of Gateway since uh, what we refer to as the Bull Creek days? Bull Creek and I-35, all right, well, several of you. How many of you started uh, Gateway South when we were at Covington Middle School? All right. Oh, several of you. How many started when we were at Crockett High School? All right. And then how many have come in the last year? Okay, good. Kind of a mix. All right. Well, welcome. Glad you're all here. And uh, it's really remarkable. And time truly flies. But when you look back, it's important to look back and to celebrate. Because sometimes we can get in the middle of life and forget how far we've come. Even in your own life, 
to consider where were you in your relationships a year ago? Where were you in your relationship with God five years ago? Have you seen progress? What today we're talking about is a vision that can transform the world, a big vision that has eternal ramification that you and I are invited into, a vision for experiencing the life and freedom God created us to experience and bringing that life and freedom to other people. See, it's remarkable when there is a big vision, what can happen? Over 50 years ago, President John F. Kennedy said, by the end of this decade, we want to put a man on a moon, which is pretty remarkable considering at that point we'd never even put a man in orbit. But the goal was to get a man on the moon, and by 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon saying, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. In 1963, Dr. King shared his dream for what could be true of our country. And though there's much progress to be made, how far have we come in those 50 years? Maybe it's at work, or maybe you've been a part of an organization that had a a vision, and it was a big vision, and you felt the excitement and the energy of, of pulling together to work towards that better future, and you saw amazing things happen. How much more remarkable when we connect to the cause that has eternal ramifications, a vision that's eternal. God's desire is to connect our hearts to his. We talked about it last week. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus warns us that this does not come natural. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. There is an adversary, there's a spiritual battle in this broken world. Our default is not towards life. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, Jesus' invitation is to make things right with how God intended to connect our hearts to his, that we might experience love and joy and peace and kindness no matter what our circumstances might be in this broken world. And yet it's not just for life, but for freedom. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And the scriptures tell us it was for freedom that Christ set you free. See, we don't have to be riddled with anxiety or addiction or the struggles that come after us or even pass down to us that we can find life, that we can find freedom. But it's a life and freedom that not only we experience, but can be experienced by others as they see what's happening in our life. See, in the last 19 years, God has been bringing life and freedom to person after person, and that life and freedom has been passed on one after the other. What I find so beautiful is that God's heart is for you and for me and for our city. Matthew 9.36, as Jesus walked around, the scriptures tell us, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus sees this crowd. He sees the crowd that is our city. And his heart breaks for us, for you, for me that there is a better way, that we can find and experience what God intended all along. And we can move beyond just surviving to actually thriving in life. 
If you actually are following after Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, just for a moment, I want you to consider that person that helped you follow him. Does a name come to mind? Just, just humor me, just for a moment. If you, if you know the name of the person that helped you connect with God through Jesus, would you just, on the count of three, say that name out loud? Ready? One, two, three. All right, I heard lots of names in there. And I want you to consider, God loved you so much, he brought that person into your life. God loves you so much, that person, it was not an accident, came into your life. So have you ever considered that God loves your neighbor, your coworkers, your friends, your family so much that he put you into their life? See, we're to experience life and freedom, and that life and freedom is to bubble beyond our heart into the lives of those around us. And so today I want to just walk you through what God put on our hearts years ago, our values, but it's also a path towards becoming who God's created you to be. The first value you hear us talk about all the time, it's come as you are. And really the first place most people discover this community is on a Sunday morning. We call this our inspire service. Come as you are. A great phrase. As far as we know, we're the first church on the planet that used that phrase to describe our community. We didn't originate that phrase. It comes from a song in the early 90s when some of you were born. But for those of us who are around, who, who wrote that song? Nirvana. Nirvana. Well, you knew and wanted to say it first, right? <laughs> Come as you are. But I'm telling you, it is breaking news. Unfortunately, that is not the normal experience. Hannah said it really well earlier. You don't have to act like you have everything together to come here. We want you to be open and honest with your struggles and with your skepticism and with your doubts and even with what good is happening in your life. See, the scriptures tell us in Romans 5.8 that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, God's love for us has already been demonstrated. And from the beginning, we do not hold the wrongs. We don't have to carry the burden of our mistakes. See, God offers us freely forgiveness through what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. But he didn't remain on that cross. He was buried, but then on the third day arose from the dead. And his spirit comes to live inside each of us who have said, yes, I need forgiveness. I need new life. I need you. See, come as you are. This is a place where you can come and you can experience all that he has for you. And what's beautiful is really Sundays here at Gateway is kind of like the Sermon on the Mount. If you're familiar with that moment in the scriptures, it says in Matthew 5, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And then Luke 15, it says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. I love that the Bible uses the word notorious, right? And here's the thing, see, These notorious sinners, these tax collectors and prostitutes, if they had any interest in connecting with God, they were not welcome in the synagogue. 
And so Jesus would go and, and where his disciples and these tax collectors and prostitutes and the religious leaders could just gather on a mountainside and he would teach them in this open air environment, this come as you are environment. And that's what we try to do here. See, we believe that just like Jesus sharing stories and parables and, and pointing people to the character of God and, and to who our heavenly father is and could be when we say yes to him, no matter where you might be on this journey, there is a next step for you. If you're one of the notorious sinners, there's a place for you that you can discover life and freedom and forgiveness And if you're one of the religious leaders or if you're one of the disciples, there's still a next step to trusting God more. Our hope every Sunday is that you are inspired to take that next step, to trust God just a little bit more. See, the moment we believe we don't have any more to grow is the moment we stop growing. But when we come with an open heart and open mind and say, God, speak to me, show me what you have for me, then we are in a position to hear what he has for us. See, all of us in this room, every single one of us has another step to trust God more. And this is a place where we take seriously what the scriptures say about don't forget about the people who don't yet believe when they come to gather with you in 2 Corinthians 14. We take seriously that moment when Paul was in Athens and he started to quote the poets. So we quote the poets. It could be Lady Gaga or 21 Pilots, right? But those are the poets. But everything we do is pointing towards Jesus, pointing towards a life transformed by God. But it's in this space, no matter who you are, there is room for you to make progress. And and let's be honest, if you come every single week, even if you come every single week, that's still not enough to offset the negative messages that we hear throughout the week. We're bombarded with all sorts of messages and temptations that will take us in the wrong direction. But if we're really honest, we don't make it necessarily every week. But what if we did? I mean, unless we're sick, contagious, right? What if we made it a point to come every single week just with intentionality, God, speak to me. But see, our goal here on Sunday is not to to feed you. And just one hour a week, you've got everything you need to make it through the week. See, our goal is to make you hungry so that throughout the week you're spending time with God on your own in the scriptures, on your own in prayer, and then in community together. I I, I noticed several of you raised your hand that you're somewhat new, so I'm going to share a story I've shared a few times. Those of you who've been here a while, forgive me. But I was at this place called 21 Choices. It's a lot like Cold Stone Creamery, you know, where they mix up your yogurt, and then they put in the mix-ins, and then at the end of your experiences, you know, they make a big deal out of it, and then they, they give you the spoon to sample it, and if you like it, they, great, they'll give it to you. If not, you can mix in more. Well, my kids were like six and three at the time, and so they were still young enough to where we're at least feeding our daughter. Maybe they were five and two, and so I, I'm in that phase of life used to feeding my kids, and so when she mixes it up, this 20-year-old girl that worked there put the spoon across the counter, and without thinking... I just got on my tippy toes and took a bite. I let this 20-year-old woman feed me. My wife was filled with shame. Even my little boy pushed the stroller with his sister further away from me. 
See, it's not a good thing when an adult is being fed by another adult, right? And there is certainly a time in our life when we're spiritual infants, right, that we need to be fed. But I want to challenge you to be intentional about growing beyond needing to be fed to where you learn to feed yourself. That this experience every Sunday is with an open heart and open mind, you come asking God to speak to you and even to use you to be a blessing, to be an encouragement to other people. And then throughout the week, you're listening to what God has for you. See, and part of this journey is not just coming every Sunday, although that's a great next step. For some of you, maybe that's it. That is the thing you're supposed to apply to your life today, is being more intentional about coming every week. But for some, your next step is to live connected. Like Tamara said, your next step is to be part of our serve networks. See, the best way to get connected is to serve others with others. That's how others get to know your name, get to know your story, and you get to know the story and the name of others. See, serving is a critical part of our spiritual growth. Mark 10, Jesus says it this way, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, the scriptures are filled with a call to to follow in the examples of Jesus, to serve other people. See, we need to serve even more than others need our help. See, you and I need to exercise our faith to connect with others by serving others. There's this moment in his ministry when Jesus sent out those who were following. Listen in Luke 10. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. They went out and the scriptures tell us they were meeting the physical needs of the people. And in the context of meeting physical needs, we're sharing about the kingdom being here. See, you and I, when we take that next step of faith, we can meet other people. We can find spiritual running partners, others that we can connect with. And it's in exercising our spiritual gifts and using our talents and experiences that we exercise our faith, that we grow to become more of who God wants us to be. I want to share or let them share a story, Jason and Crystal from our North Campus, sharing about their journey of intentionality, of learning to live connected. Let's watch as they share their story. About four years ago, we started attending Gateway because one of Crystal's friends had invited us. We were coming to Gateway on and off, you know, one or two Sundays a month. I had really fallen in love with Gateway, but Jason, just getting him to come to church, that was a real struggle. It took a year to get him to start coming. I had really struggled with trusting the church because of past experiences. Throughout high school, I was involved in church. I experienced some real personal tragedies. The church was supposed to be the place I trusted, to be a place of healing, but instead I felt as if when I walked in the room, there were fingers pointing at me. So I lost hope in church and church people, maybe even Jesus. Crystal was really hoping for Gateway to become our new home, but I still wasn't ready. After a year of being too busy to really get plugged into church, in 2015, Jason and I made it a point to connect with Ross and Lauren, the worship leaders at Gateway North. 
They challenged us to get plugged in, so we did. We started serving right away. It was then that we started connecting with other people at Gateway. We jumped in by serving in hospitality. Serving helped both of us to break down walls that we had each put up to protect ourselves from past experiences. Joining a community and serving, it helped us open ourselves up, not to just other people, but in our marriage and in our faith. We really lean on whole connected community for trusted acceptance of who we are and where we're capable of going. It took many years, my wife and our friends, to really help me open up and heal from feeling let down as if I could only trust myself. Jumping in and serving at Gateway has given us a place where we've felt welcome and wanted, but has also been a place where we've discovered our passion and our purpose. I've been able to see my wife and her servant's heart just come alive. And for Jason, he is so compassionate and loves being around people. He seriously loves giving hugs. Gateway really has been a place where you can come as you are and find a great community to serve with. And their journey, like many of you, is begins with being intentional. And by deciding to serve others with others, you can see the transformation take place in their marriage, in their lives as individuals. And this is what Jesus did. There was this season where he began to call others into these intentional, into this intentional community for being equipped to being transformed. Yes, they had times where they were listening to him teach and serving, but there was this intentionality as he invited the 12 to follow him, to do life together in this season. Maybe you remember this moment when Jesus came up to these fishermen and invited them to be part of his mission. He looked at them and he said in Matthew 4.19, he said, follow me and I'll teach you great insights. Actually, that's not what he said. He said, follow me and I'll give you incredible songs to sing about me. No, he didn't do that either. He said, come and follow me and I'll protect you from the world. Nope. He said, come and follow me and I'll take you to heaven. Actually, that might've been scary. To hear him say that. <laughs> he didn't say any of those things. He didn't invite them to follow him for what they could get. He invited them to follow him for what they could give. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm inviting you to be a part of bringing transformation to the lives of other people. These fishermen, it made perfect sense. He's saying, I want you to help bring life and freedom to the rest of the people around you. And so he invited them in for a season when the, their time together was intentional so that eventually they were multiplied and sent out into the planet. And we do that here at Gateway. There's a, a season where for some of you, you've been serving for a while now that you know a few people going to someone's house for a life group doesn't seem as intimidating. And in our life groups, they begin as open with no homework. So we're like, oh, well, sign me up, right? <laughs> But we start with just trying to apply what we hear from Sundays. We take those next steps. But then there are some of our groups that move to a place where there's an intentionality, where they, they actually don't invite others for just a season. And in that time, they take an assessment and begin working through these spiritual outcomes with intentionality, growing to become all they were created to be so that they can then open that group up even into several groups to then better serve. In fact, one of our own, Karen Davis, shares her story of being transformed. Let's watch. 
So I first started attending Gateway at the suggestion of her friend who was attending Gateway North. She mentioned that there was a South location, and as it turned out, another friend's son and his wife were attending Gateway South and invited me to join them. I immediately felt comfortable coming. I had been struggling with some issues from my past. It was clear that God had set me on a path of overcoming those issues. Being a part of a life group has helped me to work through and resolve some of them. Whether it's been through a study or a conversation, this community has definitely made a difference. One of the issues I dealt with was forgiveness. My life group was working through the Obey God study and the spiritual growth path. And as I was praying, I began to focus on my dad. I thought I had forgiven him for his drinking, his verbal abuse, for the way he mistreated my family. Clearly I hadn't, because he still had a grip on my life, even though he had passed away in 2001. So I began to ask God, no, plead with God, why can't I let it go? And as clear as day I heard, because you were too busy judging and condemning. Wow, I can't tell you what an enlightening and emotional experience that was. I was not only able to forgive my dad, but to grieve him and to move forward. I don't know if as a group, we hadn't decided to go down the spiritual growth path when I ever would have had this breakthrough. Being part of a group of caring, loving, remarkable women makes it easy to be vulnerable and transparent. It has allowed me to share things I might not otherwise have shared, which in turn has helped me to draw closer to God because I know I'm not alone. He has surrounded me with wonderful people to help me on this journey. God knew exactly who to bring to make it easy. I get really excited about my life group. They are an incredible group of women who will be lifelong friends. You know, we don't grow to experience more joy or less anxiety by watching more TV, even if it's documentaries. We actually can be transformed from the inside out when we do the work, the intentional work of stepping into community, of spending time in the scriptures and applying it to our lives. You know, maybe for you, your next step is to join up with a group of people. Maybe it's in one of our recovery groups. Maybe that's the exact next best step for you. Or perhaps part of our life groups. Our life groups, if you go to gatewaychurch.com and click on next steps, you can even see the spiritual growth path there where you can take the assessment. And again, in the context of others, grow with intentionality. And that leads to our fourth value, This is a place where you can come as you are, where you can live connected, where you can be transformed. This is also a place where you can change your world. And we didn't use the phrase change the world on purpose. We want you to know that God has placed you in your world and you can make a difference right there. The scriptures tell us in Matthew 28, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, Jesus' invitation is to allow him to transform us and then to be a part of bringing that transformation to other people. 
And I love even the order of what Jesus said. He talks about making disciples. That's what we're trying to do on Sundays. And then once you find faith, see, this is a place where you can belong before you ever believe. But once you find faith, then you are baptized. And then teaching you to obey. Learning to obey is a part of the process along the way. So what happens in these life groups is there are some that through that process, they've grown to the place where they've found their mission. They've discovered their ministry using their gifts and experiences. And, and now they're not just in a group, they're starting a group. Or they're, they're now learning to serve as leaders in different Sunday opportunities or throughout the week. And so it is these folks that we then commission. A marker between discovering your faith and developing your faith is baptism. And there's another marker in the scripture between developing your faith and deepening your faith, and that's being commissioned. See, when you're commissioned, you're now a deepened Christ follower, which means you're really now helping people discover and develop their faith. It doesn't mean you're going to win a lot in Bible trivia contests. It's not about information. It's about transformation and bringing that transformation to other people. I want to share another story, this time from Gateway Central, as Jesse shares his journey. You know, it's funny as I look back, I see how God led us to Gateway and to where we are now. We found Gateway through Googling. The music was phenomenal, and the message spoke to us directly. Rick Schertz was speaking that day, and he'd answered a question that me and Chrissy were talking about on the way there. From then on, we came back every Sunday, and my wife began serving in guest services. Fast forward six months, we're shopping at Costco. Who do we run into? Kenny and Jenny Green. We asked Kenny, hey, do you know of a life group? He said, you know, yeah, I have one on Tuesday. Can you make it? We went that Tuesday, and we've been every Tuesday since. We found our tribe, our community, our family. From this life group, we became of the central core team to help launch Gateway Central. And with the move to Gateway Central, we loved being a part of something bigger than ourselves, something new and exciting. We just felt called to keep saying yes to whatever he was leading us to. After attending Gateway for about a year, we were asked to be commissioned. Immediately, we said yes. What does commissioning mean to us? It means we're all in. We're being sent out to do God's work. And we were all in for our family, all in for our neighbors, all in for our community, and all in for God. Even after losing our son, our two oldest daughters were baptized at the same time. And we experienced overwhelming joy of a new life in Christ in our time of mourning. And Jesus continues to heal our heart. Gateway has been a place to serve God and show Jesus' love to others. His incredible love for us it has been a place of refuge a place of growth, and a place we call home.
So if you've ever felt too busy, uh, know there's a family that has seven children that has jumped in and grown. And even when they lost uh, baby eight, they had a community to help them through that time. We want to invite you to move to that next step that God has for you.